as we would say in our church, praise the Lord, saints. I'm going to say that one more time. It's like a call and response. Praise the Lord, saints. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I'm excited about uh, standing before you this morning. Uh, wasn't feeling too good on last week, but I'm here to tell you, God is good all the time. You better say it. Am I popping? <laughs> on last week, Forrest shared with us on how we should gird up our loins of our mind. In other words, go all in with Jesus. No holding back. As they would say, it's Jesus or nothing. So this morning I want to share with you, and I want you to stand as we read the word of God, from the book of 1 Peter, the first chapter, verses 22 through 25. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart, for you have been born again not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. For all people are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. There are two words that I want to share with you this morning. And the first one is born again. And the second one is love. You know, many people in the Christian world say that they are born again. And it's not surprising that over 50% of Americans say that they're born again meaning that they have had some sort of religious or emotional experience that resulted in a fresh start in life. It may have involved praying to Jesus or inviting him into their hearts. But you know, in most cases, some people have no idea what the Bible says about being born again. The second word, the word love, you know, love in some ways has been devalued. We've cheapened it. We've lessened it. You know, we hear people say, I love pizza. I love basketball. I love baseball. I love my dog. I love my family. I love this. I love that. I love Jesus. But what does it really mean when we say love? It's like a little girl who was invited to dinner at a friend's home, and the vegetable of the evening was buttered broccoli. The mother asked her, do you like broccoli? She politely said, oh, yes, oh, yes, I love it. I love broccoli. But when that broccoli was passed, she declined to take any. The hostess said, I thought you said you loved broccoli. And the little girl replied sweetly, oh, yes, ma'am, I do, but not enough to eat it. I mention these two terms, born again and love, because they are central to understanding Peter's thought in 1 Peter 1, through 25. If we allow our culture's devalued definitions of these words to affect our thinking, we will miss what the apostle is saying. We must keep in mind the biblical definition of these two words, born again and love, and consciously reject our culture's definitions of them. 
You see, Peter was writing to scattered groups who represented the first Christians in an otherwise thoroughly pagan world. Through God's mercy, they had been born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. These groups of believers were made up of both Jews and Gentiles, a radical cultural mix in that day. They had been persecuted for their faith. Suffering had occurred, and Peter was showing them that being a Christian requires a holy lifestyle, meaning a certain way of living, meaning a change of your behavior. You know, when you think about becoming born again, I'm going to give you a little insight. It means some things got to change. It's like the child who walks around with his shoes on the wrong feet. And you see them walking around with their shoes on the wrong feet and they're struggling because they've got their shoes on the wrong feet. And you say, baby, your shoes are on the wrong feet. And they look at you and say, uh-uh. And you know that they're struggling. Their feet are hurting. They stumble and fall. But once you show them how to put on their shoes correctly, my old saying is wrong, don't feel right no more. They realize that they can walk better, run better, and their feet feel better. And that's what it's like when you're born again. Wrong, don't feel right no more. The old things you used to do don't make you feel good anymore. And when you do right, it feels so much better. You see, wrong don't feel right when you are born again. You see, this new birth, this born-again birth demands a new love in the family of God. As Christians, we must love because we have been born again. Through what? Through God's imperishable word of truth. What's love got to do with it? Guess what? You can't love me and I can't love you unless you are really born again. Such love is only possible, only to be expected, who have been born again by the eternal word of God. You see, Peter tells us, now you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you can have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. My great-grandson, today he's seven years old, and you know what he told me this morning? He said, Gigi, I love you so much. And then, of course, I have to ask him the question, how much do you love me? He said, I love you to the moon and back. He said, you know that's a long way, right? Jesus loved us from the cross to the grave, from the grave to the sky, he loved us. He loved us fervently, meaning he loves us more than we could ever love ourselves. He loves us passionately, enthusiastically. He loves us intensely, and he's telling us that we too must love that sincere love. This kind of love only comes to those who began a relationship with God, who began to know him. This means to have a sincere love for your brothers and sisters who don't look like you, walk like you, talk like you. This kind of love only comes possible and only to be expected to those who have been born again by the eternal word of God. You see, this eternal word will change you from the inside out. The eternal word will change your way of thinking your way of living, this internal word will give us new life. In closing, as the band comes up, I'm going to keep it short, quick to the point. <laughs> Ask yourselves, 
Do I really love my brothers and sisters that I see every day? Can I extend the hand of friendship, of love, to those who don't look like you, walk like you, talk like you? Am I living the life that reflects that I say that I am living for God and I've chosen him all the way? You see, when you are born again, wrong, don't feel right no more. Don't get me wrong. You will mess up on this side of the cross. But God's imperishable word will mess you up. It'll make you say, you know better than that. You know you shouldn't be doing that. God's imperishable word will rise up you inside of you and make you say, hey, I got to get back on track. I'm going to give it a try again. You see, I've been walking this journey for 46 years, and I have found out through all the trials and tribulations, the word of God has endured. It has survived centuries of manual transcriptions, of persecution, of ever-changing philosophies, of all kinds of critics, neglect of doubt and belief. But I tell you this one thing, his word stands forevermore. You see, one thing I'm asking God to do for you this morning, that God's imperishable word endure in your hearts. And may we purify ourselves by obeying the truth so that you and I will truly have a sincere love for each other and love one another deeply from the bottom of our hearts. And remember this one thing. If you don't remember anything else that Mama Bean says to you, wrong, don't feel right no more.